Hello and welcome to the Ran by Nature Club podcast. Whether you are an adaptive athlete, a recreational runner, or you simply enjoy working out from home, join me and guests as we talk about fearless, friendly, and faff-free advice from workout apps to creating a sustainable wardrobe. This is the sport and fitness podcast that leaves nobody on the bench. And this is episode 30. Yes, I have changed the name back to what it was, run by nature, but added the club at the end. If you listen back a couple of episodes, I have changed the name to the Inclusive Clothing Club podcast. And if you don't already know, I'm Bryna, the host. I'm also the founder of Ran by Nature, which is adaptive and custom activewear, leaving nobody on the bench. Sustainably made in small batches up in Newcastle using recycled and organic or natural materials, including all the trimmings and the packaging. Now I created the inclusive clothing club aspect of the brand for the brand ambassadors, which literally just launched last week. And also as a place for the podcast to keep it a little bit separate on social media for anybody who wanted to just specifically follow along with the podcast and the ambassadors. But I found over the last few weeks that one, the inclusive clothing club is quite difficult to say and two I think it was causing a little bit of confusion in terms of the brand and maybe not being associated with run by nature it's just a lot easier to keep run by nature across everything and then there's simply no confusion and I must admit I was a little bit embarrassed about changing the name and then changing it back because when, when we do these things and we do them publicly, if we make a mistake or if we change our mind and we try something and we fail, there's still a little bit of societal expectation and pressure there to get it right the first time and to not make a mistake. But that's life, isn't it? And I am doing this messily just like everybody, whether you are starting an exercise program or you're starting a new course or a brand or a business you are going to change things, you're going to learn and you're going to grow. So here we are. Welcome to the Run by Nature Club. Today is a solo episode. I will be introducing some guests soon and I have a brand new platform which I am really excited to use. The last couple of episodes were recorded over the summer when I was traveling and always it's a little bit difficult to record a podcast while you're away and I was also taking some time off to relax but now using the Riverside platform which is incredible I will be able to have you join in a lot more through live links I can literally live stream this I can provide a link for you to phone in you can ask questions so I am really looking forward to utilizing this platform I'm bringing this to you both in podcast format and also via YouTube and other social media platforms so that if you wish you can also follow along in the video format the purpose of today's episode is to talk to you about not boxing yourself in when it comes to sport, fitness, activity and movement. And this is something that I've been feeling a lot lately and when I've been speaking to other people that 
I feel like I don't fit into one of the common narratives and boxes when it comes to fitness, movement and exercise. So I'm not a crossfitter. I mean, I am a runner and I would consider myself a runner, but I'm not competing at present. I'm not doing races. I am lifting. You know, I perform strength resistance based exercise, but I'm not part of a specific community. I don't do CrossFit, for example. I don't do any high intensity circuit based workouts. I'm not in the joyful, intuitive movement space. I feel like I take aspects from different groups and different people and I bring them together to create my own exercise plan and program. And previously I have been a netballer. I've been a professional athlete when I was a junior and I was competing. I have done paddle sports and all different types of movement from you know yoga all the way up to team activities. But at the minute, the chapter that I am in with my exercise and my movement doesn't really fit neatly into a box. And I think that there is this belief that you have to fit into a box. So if you're an elite athlete, if you're training for a specific purpose, I get that. And if you have a very specific extrinsic goal that you are working towards, you're going to want to stay focused on that goal. You're going to want to do training an exercise that helps you to reach that goal. But for the majority of the population, that isn't true and they are just moving for their own reason. So I think that we need to really focus on our own personal why for moving. And there can be across social media, a narrative around, you need to do this, you should be doing this. And when people are passionate about what they do, which is brilliant, and if they're there to inspire people and encourage people to move, then that is wonderful because we know that we have across the globe physical inactivity and we need to encourage people to engage in exercise. But when doing that, I think that there has to be an awareness that what you are saying might not be true for everybody else. And we all have our own emotions, feelings and beliefs when it comes to exercise, sport, physical activity and movement shaped by our prior experiences, whether that was in physical education, maybe a positive experience, but perhaps not, whether it's been modelled from our parents, our carers, friends that have been around us, sports teams and clubs that we were a part of at school, at university, now as adults grown up, we will be influenced and our behaviours will be shaped by those external factors, but also intrinsically by our own beliefs and our own reasons and our own likes and dislikes. And within this online narrative with regard to exercise and movement, there can sometimes be this really didactive and reductionist binary approach where you're either go hard, go home, never miss a Monday workout, no pain, no gain, really high intensity exercise, like smashing your workouts. It's quite aggressive language. And if you like that, and if that's what gets you to move and you thrive off of that, then great, like good for you. 
And then at the opposite end of the spectrum, there is this intuitive, joyful movement. Give yourself unconditional permission to rest. Only exercise if you feel like it. Do stuff that is going to bring you joy and intrinsic feelings of pleasure. And, you know, don't you don't have to do structured workouts. And I am paraphrasing a lot of this. But what happens if you feel like you don't fit into either of them? What happens if you have a neutral approach to exercise? You don't really feel joy, but you don't really feel this pain. Maybe you swing like a pendulum between the two. Maybe sometimes you enjoy a really hard workout and getting really sweaty and you just need to get those emotions out. Maybe other times you do enjoy a gentler approach to exercise and to movement. And with either of these approaches, in order to actually get to that point where you are moving joyfully or you're going hard or going home and to know which one is good for you, you have to first of all understand your own emotions and you have to be able to have a relationship with your body and you might need to go back and understand what your current emotions are. Maybe you don't even know what they are. Maybe you've been so numbed to or so used to looking externally for somebody to tell you how exercise should make you feel that you actually don't even know what you feel. And unless you get quiet, you're still, you're mindful, you specifically sit down and try to cultivate that awareness, then everything else is just noise. And how can you distinguish between what it is that the physical activity guidelines are telling you or what a parent or a coach or a friend or somebody online is telling you to do versus what you actually want to do? So I would encourage you that even if you, you feel like you do know why you're moving, to, to just re-evaluate and to just spend some time being still and understand your reasons for moving. Because I've been somebody who's been active all of my life, as I mentioned. From being eight years old, I became a runner. And yes, I've been running for nearly now almost 30 years. But my reasons for running, my motivation to run which i don't always feel motivated to run but definitely my my reason for running has changed greatly throughout my life and at the moment i'm in a phase where i'm not doing it for competitive reasons i'm not motivated by getting medals or by setting a personal best or by running a certain distance but i have been motivated by that previously i have wanted to compete i have wanted to run faster to run further i've wanted to do a half marathon a marathon an ultra marathon and i felt like that was good for me to do that at that point in my life and and i got a sense of enjoyment and pleasure from that and satisfaction and it felt aligned to who i was at that time but now it's not and that's not to say that that would be the same and that will stay exactly as it is for the next 10, 20, 30 years, which I hope I am fortunate enough to still be able to run for as long as I possibly can. Maybe I will change my reasons for running. Maybe I'll decide at one day to hang up my trainers and not run again. And it's giving yourself permission to go through different chapters and that just because you were competitive at one point 
doesn't then mean you need to be throughout the whole of your life. Like that was something I struggled with when I came from being England race walker, Great Britain race walker, running for my county, being very competitive, competitive, having a very structured running program to then not being that being my identity. It was a little bit of a struggle. And I think we need to open up the conversation a little bit more and help people to understand that it is okay to to change your reason for moving and also to help them to really tune into their why for moving and if you have read i'm sure maybe you've at least heard about simon sinek's book find your why and i think it, this is an important exercise it's not just about business or a career but also find your why for moving and we know from research we know from decades of literature around exercise and movement that people move for very different reasons you know back when aristotle was on the planet he looked into reasons for moving and you know he talked about the mind itself not being sufficient enough to motivate us to move but instead we we need to understand our appetite our reason for moving and if you look across experimental data narrative reviews and you actually interview people and understand their motivations and emotions around exercising for some people it does feel more like an obligation or something that they just do because they know that it is beneficial for them but they perhaps don't get that you know, real internal satisfaction and motivation and happiness and joy from moving. Other people, as I said, actually do feel like that hard workout, almost that sense of pain is something that they enjoy, that is a good motivating factor for them. And others find a lot of joy and movement and peace through movement. So I think it's essential that we allow for everybody to move and experience exercise, sport, physical activity in their own way and that we, we don't shame and judge people or try to pigeonhole people into a box. You know, we're not a pair of trainers. We are not designed to fit into a small box. The other thing with regard to social media and this narrative around exercise, movement, and the reasons and the motivating factors to move is that during COVID, what we saw was as the gyms closed down, as your local running club, your basketball team, whoever it is that you used to play sport or exercise with, it obviously became difficult for you to go to those facilities or to exercise with those groups due to lockdown and restrictions. So people turned a lot more to YouTube and to social media. Of course, people were already using apps like Strava and Swift and doing home workouts, but Strava saw a huge increase in the number of users and people downloading their app. And you had huge brands like Peloton and others that really capitalized off of the back of COVID. 
And this move to online workouts, there were a lot of influences and fitspiration. Of course, it was there prior to lockdown and COVID, but it just was really amplified as more people were using online and home workouts. We knew prior to COVID-19 that there was potential for social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube and fitness influencers to have both a positive and a negative effect on people's reasons for and their appetite, if we go back to Aristotle, their appetite for moving. Now, as the name suggests, FitSpo or fitness inspiration, it should be inspiring. However, what we tend to see from FitSpo is a very narrow ideal. It kind of moved from traditional print media, newspapers, magazines. I grew up in the 90s and everything within women's fitness and health was, and we could argue very much still is, directed at making women's bodies smaller, diets. It was looking at the female body in terms of aspiration to look a certain way and that thin ideal. Now we have gone through several iterations of what fitness is and looks like, but it is very much still focused on that aesthetics. For men as well, it was typically shirt off, six pack, this is what fitness is. And again, very much still is, although that narrative is changing and there are brands and organisations and some publications online that are trying to include more diverse bodies. But these individuals, again, absolutely no shame, no judgment to them for what they are doing. There are some incredible people out there that are breaking down barriers, providing free at home workouts for people who would not be able to access such programs and facilities because we know that access to gyms, to fitness clubs, to running clubs is very much a issue of systems and inequality and the individuals from a lower socio-economic status typically face more barriers, time, facilities, um, lack of lack of awareness and other multiple barriers that exist that stop them from engaging in physical activity, safe neighbourhoods, being able to go outside and move their body, access to green spaces, etc. So these people are offering potentially a platform and a opportunity for individuals to engage within physical activity, which of course is wonderful. However, we do have to look at the credibility and the trustworthiness of these fitness influencers. Do they actually have the qualifications, the knowledge and the understanding? And often they are the ones that are blessed genetically. We know that genetics, I'm not going to go into it, physiological, biological, aspect of body composition and often the aesthetic aspect can take away from the other benefits that physical activity, movement, sport and exercise provide. The mental, emotional and social aspects and individuals who do not look that way, who don't fit into that narrative body, appearance and type can feel excluded 
Research has shown that just several minutes of scrolling social media and fitspiration can result in negative feelings and in body dissatisfaction. Studies that have been done by a famous drink company and also a deodorant uh, beauty care brand have shown that women face gym intimidation, they have body dissatisfaction, and not only does this happen within gyms and fitness spaces where they don't feel like they can go in and access, but it is also online as well. So from this fitspiration, from looking at a fitness influencer and following their workout program, an individual can feel dissatisfied with their body. It can lead to negative self-talk, low mood, anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues. So while they could be there and having a positive effect, like it's not all of the research that has shown a negative effect. They've done research in different age groups from young adolescents up to older adults and they've surveyed them and they've tried to understand how it makes people feel. Sometimes people do feel inspired. They do feel motivated to engage in exercise after looking at fitness content online but a lot of the time they do report these negative feelings. So I think that it is also important when we're looking at somebody's why for moving and when we are looking at the impact of online and fitspiration, fitness influencers, apps and technology within the physical activity, exercise and sport industry. This is only going to grow, it's only going to increase when we move to Web 3.0, when we go to the metaverse, that we really are providing inclusivity, diversity and representation. We know that, for example, disabled people are twice as likely to be physically inactive again due to multiple inequalities, you know, if we look at a psychosocial behavioural model of health, there are many multifactorial, intricate and nuanced issues that are there. But I would love to see more representation and diversity on the online fitness space. And there is emerging research and increasing amounts of discussion around weight stigma and how individuals in fat bodies are feeling, of course, left out of that conversation and stigmatized by the narrow, thin ideal. This isn't a new concept. You know, fat positivity, body positivity started back in the 1960s. So how can you, how can we create more of a inclusive approach to exercise? How can we not box ourselves in and, and avoid the traps of looking at somebody's Instagram and thinking, I don't look like that. My body doesn't move in that way or feeling a guilt and a sense of comparison over not being able to do that booty workout and grow our booty in that way of it not always focusing on our appearance, but of looking at some of the intrinsic factors, you know, of not looking at somebody's Strava time or their uploaded time on their Garmin and thinking, I don't run that fast. I don't move that fast. I can't do this. Um, because what we find is when we 
start that type of talk in our heads when that little voice pops up. A lot of the language around it is extremely negative and it focuses on, I can't, you know, I don't look like that. My body isn't the same as that. I should be doing this. Uh, I'm not doing that. And we start to feel extremely guilty and shamed about the lack of in ourselves compared to somebody else when we know that exercise can be joyful and it can have a really positive effect on our mental health on our social interactions on building communities sport can be where people really find themselves and it can be really inclusive and open to diverse individuals where if they choose to they can really push themselves and excel and set these external goals and meet their pbs and get these medals but also they can if they want to just find friends just have a social ride and some cake on a weekend that exercise doesn't have to be something that is punishing that you do for three hours every day that it can just be moving stretching when you're at work at your desk getting up and having a walk taking your dog for a walk enjoying some time in nature exercise fitness movement and physical activity can be whatever you make it whatever you decide so start with why think about the reasons you move intrinsically extrinsically you know, does it feel good when you say i move for this reason does that feel aligned to you how does it feel in your gut in your stomach or is it a case of your thinking i should be doing this is it someone else's voice that's telling you or is it your own is it really coming from within you for your movement for your why for moving what else can you do to try to find movement that is authentic to you that aligns with your values and your beliefs you can notice the language you can try lots of different sports movements and see how you feel when you're in those environments do something out of your comfort zone in terms of maybe you've always done one sport one activity try a completely different new sport go with a friend think about all of the other aspects that sport brings you that has nothing to do with you know changing something externally or your body practice gratitude what are you grateful for your body being able to bring you movement isn't always going to be joyful particularly if you have a poor relationship previously with exercise and movement if you have a chronic illness a chronic condition which means that Simply movement is always going to be painful for you or uncomfortable. Is there anything within movement that you can focus on aside from that, that, that movement brings you? And if you are just somebody who just doesn't really enjoy exercise and movement, don't worry about it. You don't have to fit into that box. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please send me a DM, tag me on social media at Ran by Nature or at Bryna Christmas. Share this episode with your friend, like it and follow it wherever you listen to your podcasts or watch if you are on YouTube or social media. 
thank you for being here and thank you for listening. I will be doing some questions and also some phone-ins for you to participate in future episodes and we have some really interesting guest episodes coming up. Thank you ever so much and I hope you have a lovely day.